Welcome to the season six finale of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League presented by 78 Sports. I'm Owen Shadrick along with Matt Ferreira. And yes, it is our season six finale, but we will be back in a few short weeks for season seven and opening day of the Futures League season in 2023. We are 20 days away. I cannot believe it's already May. Yeah, it is creeping up on us and can't wait to be back on the ball field. Summer rays hitting hitting the skin, get some tan, and uh, ready to go. Yeah, we got a tan. We're going to get farmer's tans all summer on these fields, getting ready to go. But some news that is not summer baseball related, but currently college baseball related. We have three New England teams ranked in the top 25 in the NCAA Division One. We got UConn ranked nine. We got BC at 19. And we got Northeastern at 25. A lot of Futures League guys on those teams. For sure, Owen. And like we said, they are ranked, so hopefully they will make the tournament and do very well in the tournament, even maybe win a championship. But we are also happy to see them come back to the Futures League this summer. Yeah, we continue to have plenty of talent coming back to the Futures League this summer from all three of the schools that we just mentioned. So we're excited to see that. <clears throat> so we're excited to see those guys get going in Futures League baseball. Roster announcements continue to pour in as another one, another returner is back with Jimmy Evans signing up for his third season in Vermont. And of course, we mentioned it last week, but Jack McDermott is back and he is our guest here for the season six finale of Back to the Futures. Jack was a great interview today, Matt. He was. He gave a valuable insight on D3 baseball as well as being a rookie in the Futures League. Yeah, it'll be his second year. He'll now be a voice in that locker room. Nashua, the Gate City, as he, uh, as we talked about the rebrand, of course, in Nashua, among other things. We're excited for you to hear this interview. We continue to dig in for Pete with the link in our caption. We want to get you to this interview with Jack McDermott. It's the season six finale of Back to the Futures. Let's hit it. We are honored to welcome our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He was the 2022 championship MVP last season for the Nashua Silver Knights. It is Jack McDermott. Jack, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. We're doing well. And we brought you on here for our season six finale because for the main reason, of course, you are back for the 2023 season. It was announced a couple of weeks ago that you will be returning to Nashua for the summer. What led to that decision? Yeah, I mean, it's just a great opportunity. Um, you know, the Futures League is so great and you're playing a bunch of games all summer against really good competition. And I found that it really helped um, coming back to, to my college team, all that experience. And, you know, I just, just couldn't pass it up. And I mentioned it off the top to the elephant in the room. When we talked to you last year, you were a major part of that 2022 championship team in Nashua. And of course, winning championship MVP. What did it mean to have such a great series and a great playoffs overall and help that franchise capture title number six? Yeah, it was really special. Um, awesome getting hot at the right time. You know, seeing all the fans come out. You know, we had that whole kind of section in Vermont Stadium of Silver Knights fans. Um, so to to help us win uh, was was really amazing. And then obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of players played really well. Like you know, Kyle Wolf, our pitching staff did amazing. So it was just really special to all come together at the right time. Yeah, and talking about 
coming together at the right time. You guys actually started off really slow last year, and you were one of the guys there from day one. When you look back, how how sweeter does this championship feel? It's really awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, we definitely struggled in the beginning, like you said. Tents were running a little high, a little worrying. But I think just as we built, as we continue to build chemistry, you know, get to know each other, get more comfortable playing around each other. And also, you know, get used to playing in the league because it is such a different experience, at least, you know, for the D3 guys. Um, we really started to get hot. And then once that happened, once we found our groove, it started, we started having more fun, started playing really well. And it kind of just took off from there. Yeah, and you said you found your groove. And I remember way back in last season, I had the Walker brothers on for, I believe it was episode four of the podcast. So this would have been about four weeks into the season. And they came on quite miserable because you guys had lost, maybe got swept in a double yeah. or something. And I remember Probably. Noah saying, Noah saying like, this isn't going to stick. Like we got guys coming. We're going to be, we're going to be a different team in a couple of weeks. And you were a different team in a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 I mean, as, as kids started rolling in, um, and we started like forming the actual team. Yeah, it all started to work out, which was really cool. Yeah, and you talk about those guys. So many guys contributed to that win. Kyle Wolf hit the big home run. Noah Walker, who was a pen guy all year, pitched a gem in a starting role in game three. Will Andrews came in and got the save. You gotta love the team effort to capture a title there. Yeah, it was really amazing. It was a team effort from everyone. Um I kind of blacked out the last inning when Kyle hit it it was just so crazy you know but yeah <laughs> and like we mentioned earlier Noah Walker he will be back this summer but as a pitching coach this year what would it like to have him back and is it going to be weird having him coach I did see that um no I don't think it'll be weird he was a great uh you know locker room voice for us really fun to be around and you know obviously a great pitcher too so I'm sure he'll help help out the staff but yeah, I'm excited to to see him again. So should be should be good. And you have a few more guys coming back from last year, like Richie Paltridge, James Powers, Kyle DeRoma, and many more. How much of a leadership do you, role do you guys think you will take on at the beginning of the year? Um, I hope we can take on a pretty big one. You know, be a voice for the for the new new players coming in, um, especially the younger ones. You know, with with such a long season, you're sure to run into some struggles. I mean, I certainly did. Um, you know, so just having having a voice of encouragement if you need one, just reminding them, you know, that you're still still playing baseball, even though you might have more fans here than normal. Um, you might be, you know, having more games where you're where you're not at your best. Um, so yeah, just providing that support in the locker room, being a good voice. Um, yeah. And you talk about it, you know, you'll, you'll be a veteran this year, but last year you were one of those guys who was new to the futures league. Was there any player in particular or any advice that you were given in particular that you that stuck out to you and that you used and that contributed to your summer? That's a good question. Um, I think definitely the friendships that formed helped um, coming that, you know, I came from Amherst. It was just myself. I didn't really know anyone on the team. So I formed, really good friendships with, you know, other NESCAC players like Pat McConnell from, from Colby, which helped. Um, and, you know, kind of just going through the experience together, I'd say was, was the biggest, biggest point there. Um, but yeah, since we're together all the time, you know, you really, 
form friendships with everyone you get tight with everyone which helps when you're struggling you know to kind of share what you're feeling how, how you're feeling at the plate in the field um so yeah and then leadership i guess you know zach gitshire who's who's been with the team a bunch you know welch and then uh will will mclean so the returning guys definitely definitely helped as well yeah that is one thing is nashua is loaded with guys who have been there before and you talked about guys like gitshire who is actually back this year as well george welch who's been there before so that's great that you get that you kind of lean on those guys for that advice and you said you know you came alone from amherst you didn't know anybody and I think that's super important with the Futures League is trying to get to know guys that you may never, you know, have had the chance to play with otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then it's also cool, you know, coming back, playing your college season and and then you play against a few of them, you know, like Salve Regina, the other NESCAC schools, as I said, and you can kind of catch up a little bit. So, so it's really, really cool. Yeah. Is there a little added edge for you when you play those guys? Are you like, all right, I got to beat this guy. Uh, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely fun. Um, you know, having those bragging rights at the end of it. So, yeah. Especially yeah. if the other, if the other person's a pitcher, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. If you're absolutely raking off the guy, you're like, I got yeah. you. I got your number. Yeah. Hold on. We'll get right back to back to the futures. But first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And from the players in the locker room to the personnel in Nashua, Kyle Jackson and Cam Cook have continued to prove their value as leaders as this is their second championship in Nashua this past summer. What have you learned from both of them and seen from both of them that have made them such great leaders over the past couple of years? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Cam as a GM, you know, you might think that's a little detached from the team, but he was with us, you know, all the time going to our games, occasionally throwing us BP. So it's really cool to have, you know, him still in that picture, I guess I'd say. And then Coach Jackson was, you know, a really good coach. Um, like you said, when we were struggling, he was giving us, you know, that encouragement, that little like settle down, you know, just play, it'll be all right. Um, and then obviously in terms of mechanics, it's not – too much, but you know, if they see something here and there, they'll they'll tell you it. You know, work on it, and all those little things that they can pick up. That you have like a different person in your ear compared to maybe a college coach or, or someone you played summer ball with, you know, some years ago, um, to give a, a different perspective on you as a player, which is uh, really beneficial. So. And moving a little bit more up the ladder, what does it mean to see John Creedon and the Creedon family being so invested in this team and the league? 
yeah, it was really special, you know, seeing how excited, excited and happy they were um, after we won, which definitely made the feeling, you know, even better to see how much, you know, we know it means something, you know, to win as the owner, but then to see it, you know, in person uh, was really cool. And yeah. Yeah. I remember him ta talking to him on the field after the win and, and he just always gets, he, cause obviously he's with Worcester too. <clears throat> and he just gets so, it, he gets so excited and so into it and the smile on his face, watching you guys celebrate is priceless. And you want that in an OU. You want someone who yeah. cares enough to be part of the team on an everyday basis and he and he and the Creighton family continue to do that yeah. and last year of course you were named an all-star in 2022 and we changed up the format a little bit I want to know not only your thoughts on that but of course what does it mean to be uh selected as an all-star after the summer that you had that yeah that was cool to bring like a little NBA aspect to it to hand pick the players um but yeah, getting to see the best players from the other team and kind of have an entire day with them with the with scout day beforehand and then the game at night. Um, and just to be around some really, really good players from all different types of schools. You know, you have big power five schools and then you also have, you know, D, D3 schools, D2 schools. Um, so it was a really unique experience that was really fun. And yeah, hope hopefully uh, I'll be there again. <laughs> And I want to ask you, you mentioned the scout days um, and as a D3 player, how important did you feel that that was for you to show off your talents alongside, as you said, power five guys, D1 guys and, and D2 guys, et cetera? Yeah, I thought it was a cool opportunity because, you know, there isn't as many scouts coming to D3 games, but um, so try to take uh, as big as, of an advantage from it as I could, but also just to have fun, you know, just because it is so like once in a lifetime type thing. Um, for me, certainly, uh, you know, to be playing in front of, I mean, there were a lot there, like lining both, both baselines. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a cool feeling, you know, to think that you're playing in front of some, you know, major league, um, scouts. And we've talked a lot about 2022, but what are you most looking forward to in 2023? Yeah, I think just getting back and playing in front of the fans. I mean, it was really cool. Nashville has like a great fan base. A bunch of people come out to each game. We have a few, you know, super fans um, who cheer you on. You know, let the ump hear it, let the other team hear it, maybe let you hear it if you're not playing so well. But yeah, just getting back, seeing everyone, seeing some of those fans, getting to know the new teammates that, you know, you're going to form new friendships with over the long summer and then some of the old ones again uh, is definitely something I'm look, looking forward to. And you talk about getting back and seeing new faces, but what do you think of the new uniforms and the rebrand? I did see that. It, I, I'm in support. Um, it looked really cool. I saw we have a new few special jerseys to wear too, uh, which should be good. Looking forward to that. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, the gate design, not bad, not bad. Okay. Yeah, the gate, the gate, I forget. Oh, there's like, they have, some, they had some catchphrase and it's, it's, or like, oh, gate city. There it is. They, gate, they, city. They, gate city. Yeah. Yeah, gate city. Nashville's gate city. Yeah. Open we the should gate. get like a city jersey with gate city on it. Kind of like a, <laughs> a city, a city, connect future, city connect futures league jersey. <laughs> there you go. There's an idea. City connect futures jersey. 
Yeah, Gate City, that's going to be fun to use. Also, I'm going to use that all summer. (laughs) Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company. Rob Zorian started the company, Zorian Back Company, in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Litter League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And transitioning to your college days, we mentioned a few times that you have you are obviously at Amherst College. What has your time been like there? Oh, it's amazing. The coaching staff's great. Um, our team is our team chemistry is really, really good. You know, having a lot of fun. Like I said, the future state kind of helps me hone in on, you know, my batting mindset. So I've kind of enjoyed, you know, being more at ease at the plate. Um and then Amherst, too, with the combination with academics is, you know, really, really good. So to have that balance um, is amazing. But, yeah, the baseball has been good. We have our first uh, conference playoff series against Tufts upcoming. So we faced a few of the Vermont guys. Uh, so that should be awesome. And, yeah, hoping, hoping to win the league. And you just mentioned you were playing Tufts. They are top seed. How much are you looking forward to playoffs in the NESCAC and what do you guys need to do to win? Yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, we played them earlier in the year as part of like an out-of-conference but conference series. That makes sense, the kind of weird rules. But yeah, it was a really good series. We lo- we ended up losing 2-1, to one, but they were very close games and very competitive. Um, so we're looking forward to getting back. Uh, but yeah, to, to win it all, you know, just – We've been hitting great all year. Our pitching's been good. So trying to limit the mistakes um, in the field, you know, keep the bats hot. Um, we have some young guys on the mound. So, you know, trying to encourage them, stay focused, just play, you know, um, don't let what what are what start as some small innings lead into big five, six, seven run innings. And yeah, we should be good. We're, we're really talented this year, which is which is really fun. We brought in some really good players. And the players who came back from last year have really, you know, made a big jump. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. And you touched on it a little bit ago, but plenty of tough guys around the league. A lot of tough guys on Vermont. A little added motivation there? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I know one of us is a pitcher. You know, you have a few position players as well. So getting them them back would would be really fun, especially on their own field. And we are at the end of the college season now, but I wanted to touch upon the beginning of the season. To start your guys' season, you tied Springfield 8-8. to What was that like for a game to end in the tie, and how did it affect team morale going forward after opening day? Yeah, it was definitely interesting one to tie uh, due to darkness. We actually had one end the same way last year. It's kind of a – both my college season had had a tie in the record. But – um, yeah, it was first game. We kind of ended up blowing a lead, which was rough. But fortunately, we had Florida coming up. So it was our Florida spring trip. So it was kind of a reset for all of us. Um, 
to, you know, go out and win some games. But it was a good learning experience from the beginning for our team, you know, just how you have to stay in that attack mindset because we went up early. Um, you know, keep the keep the foot on the pedal, put the team away. And, yeah. So wait, I'll ask both of you because you both obviously played D three baseball. But what ties? Why are we tying in baseball? <laughs> yeah, so the game it was a three thirty or four o'clock game, and I don't even think it went into extra, so I'm not sure why. But the light was like the sun went down, and I guess the light was determined to be not good enough. But yeah, we we were fine. We were, you know, put the little C flap on the helmet and let's play one more inning. But yeah, I, I guess that's why. I'm that's not sure. Brutal. Yeah. All right. What do I know? That's so okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, <laughs> and you personally, you've been having an excellent season, hitting 366, 12 doubles, a home run, 16 RBIs. What's it like to have such a good sophomore campaign after hitting 295 as a freshman and obviously a great season in Nashua? Yeah, it's 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 good seeing how you know rewarding it's been. You know, using that summer to play in Nashua, which as I said before, has really helped. And then obviously the freshman year too. Um, but yeah, this year has been really fun. You know, um, trying to you know do as much damage as I can. Uh, and obviously our 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 team's hitting well, which makes it easier. You know, hitting in front and behind of guys who are on base makes it, you know, a ton of fun. And yeah, it should be, should be fun to see how the season ends out, ends up. Um, And hopefully stay hot, keep it going, add a few more uh, hits to that, to those stats. Yeah. You talk about it increased in average after your season in Nashua. I want to ask kind of as a follow-up here, we talked about advice that you got when you came into Nashua and trying to cut, play in the Futures League for the first time, but what was the biggest thing that you took away from your first season in Nashua that you've used in college to try and improve your hitting and try and improve uh, everything that you've learned since uh, since you started in Nashua and now in your sophomore season? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that the Futures League kind of is quick to highlight your mistakes or your holes. So, for instance, like uh, last year in my freshman season, you know, change-ups and off-speed pitches were I was struggling with a bit, um, but it wasn't, you know, too bad. Like it wasn't too unmanageable, but you, then you get to the Futures League and you're seeing, you know, very good pitching every single day. Um, so it kind of tells you like, all right, you know, you need to fix this with your swing. You need to adjust this. Um, so that really helped to kind of, learning more about my swing um, and then how I could, you know, fix, adjust, work on certain things to, uh, you know, limit those kind of holes, um, which certainly helped. And then also, I think just too, from a mindset standpoint of standing in the box, um, you know, more, more relaxed, more with a confident mindset, I'd say, like, I'm not going to, I'm not striking out to this guy. I'm not getting out to this, to this guy, which certainly helps when you faced really good competition in the past, just to kind of have that mindset to base off of. Um, so I found that to be really, really helpful for this sophomore year. 
So Jack, I'm actually going to lay off asking you questions for a minute because I have a question for Matt here. Matt, you actually faced Jack a few weeks ago in Amherst College. I got to ask thoughts on his performance. I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, so we played him in our Florida trip too. And if we've if I learned anything from futures, the only way to pitch the Jack is to not pitch to him. And apparently our pitchers <laughs> did the same thing because he had four walks against us. But he also went two for two with a double that hit off the wall that most people thought were gone. Um, he's a complete player, and he showed in our game that he has a disciplined eye. Jack, thoughts on that rating? Thank you. <laughs> hey, that's very nice. Uh, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. How have you been doing? How are you guys? How's your season going? We're doing pretty good. We just got knocked out conference play against MIT, but we set a program record for wins. So successful oh, season. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats. And another thing you guys share is the fact that you are both division three players, Jack, we're going back to you for the questions for this one. Uh, how much pride do you take in playing for a division three school? I take a lot for sure. You know, coming out of high school, there's definitely that stigma of, I want to be a D one player, you know, pushing you're all in for D one. At least I was. And um, coming here has really showed, really had a ton of benefits um, like I said before, between Amherst, like academics and athletics, which is really amazing. Um, and I've been trying to take, you know, as much of it, an advantage of that as possible. There's certainly more ability to do kind of what interests you um, outside of some athletic time, especially in the fall. And then, you know, once you get into season, you're in season, there isn't. But um, yeah, D3, we face really good competition, you know, conference schedule. Um, even our out-of-conference schedule is really good, too. I think we have one of the top strength of schedules, our coach was saying, which is really, really amazing. Um, so, you know, you're still playing good teams. Um, still still facing, you know, tough pitchers, tough lineups. Um, so, yeah. And what's it like to see all the D3 representation around the league? I think it's really special. It just shows you kind of how – the gap between D3 and D1 can be smaller than you think. You know, we had, I forget, in the championship um, and even the playoffs, there were a bunch of D3 players filling both lineups. And then I was um, the All-Star week two, there were a bunch of D3 guys. Um, so I think having that representation of of D3 is, is really cool. Um, and it certainly, hopefully it pushes some kids to maybe consider D3 stronger than D1. And, you know, obviously it depends on your situation, but certainly to give a bigger thought to it um, rather than, you know, putting all eggs in one basket. Yeah, that's a great point. And the Futures League has definitely shown that guys that are D3 can, you know, can make it, I guess out of D3 is a bad word, but can make it in D3 and prove that they have the talent to step up with these D1 guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I got to ask, I graduated from UMass Amherst. You're in at Amherst college. Um, I do miss Amherst specifically the food. What is your favorite food place in Amherst? That's a good question. Um, I feel like the obvious answer would be Antonio's. Uh, but in terms of restaurant outside, I'm a big 
big grill 110 fan. Um, and that Johnny's Tavern for breakfast. There's a lot of good places. So tough, tough to select one, but yeah. If you ever get, if you ever get the chance, I don't know if you've had it, but Amherst House of Pizza makes the best calzones. That's my suggestion. I've, I've not had it. Is that in town? Yeah. It's kind of near, like down near Brandywine, that area, like past, like if you go okay. past school. Yeah. But Amherst House of Pizza Our- calzones, don't sleep. Don't sleep. <laughs> Archie's a big uh, Oriental fan. I don't know if you had okay. that Mm-mm. in town. No, I think my, I haven't either. But yeah, my my friends used to, but that not. I was yeah. more of a pizza, burger, calzone pizza. type of guy. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, remember Amos Espy. But yes, of course, Antonio's Grill One Ten was actually new when I was there, so that's that's great. Okay, yeah. Um, all right, going off the food. Final question for you here. This has been a great interview so far, but I want to ask, and there's plenty, and obviously I think I might know one answer to this, but favorite all-time baseball memory? You've had a lengthy career. What is one moment or a couple moments that stick out in particular? That is a tough question. Um, let me think for a second. All right, well, I think it – it honestly might be that stretch of the playoffs, um, just personally and in terms of the entire team, which was it was really unbelievable, um, and certainly something I'm going to cherish and remember forever. Um, yeah, outside of that, I'm not sure. Certainly, committing to Amherst was very special and very awesome. That was a cool day. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's gotta be, gotta be that week. Yeah. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Oh yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, I mean, I know, I know you from futures league baseball, so it's yeah. natural that that, yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. you know, I might've yeah. been there for your little league days. I just got to go. Yeah. Back. <laughs> but it was but yeah, it was it was an incredible week. One of the best weeks we stretches we've seen in the Futures League, and obviously it earned you MVP and it earned you guys a championship at the end of the day and a spot on the season six finale of Back to the Futures. So there you go, Jack. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Best of luck in the playoffs this week, and uh, we will see you very very shortly in Nashua for the start of the Futures League season. Yep. Thank you for having me again. And yeah, look forward to seeing you guys in summer. Of course. And this has been the season six finale of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.